Hi everyone, this is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Jana Kusch and Mark DeMalder. They both joined us for the first webinar in a four-part series focused on current and emerging trends in science education, where they discussed their experience with technology-enhanced learning. Let's dive in. This person has asked, have you public or have you used publicly available consumer products such as CardiMobile to look at ECGs because it can help students think about kind of what's available on the market? So like any publicly available sort of sensors to collect that physiological data from home? Mark, did you we didn't use that? No, uh, we have we haven't given the students any transducers or commercially available uh, ECG machines at home. It's a question of responsibility, and if something goes wrong with the equipment, then it's difficult uh, to get your money back or to get a repair. Uh, so it's uh, the policy of the university is not to give any uh, equipment with the students to take uh, at home. It is what what can be done is, for instance, if you use the USB transducers from uh, AD Instruments, they can come and pick them up and they can go to the library and perform their uh, experiment at the library. If they were not present at the, the normal sessions uh, where every student has to be uh, due to illness or, or so, that's possible. But then in the evening, they have to re-enter uh, in the library the, the transducers. So they must stay at the university. They are uh, they are too expensive. Yeah, maybe I can I can add uh, one idea or one thought which we had. We were also always a bit concerned of they should not hurt themselves, right? So in the lab, if they making ex performing experience with themselves or with their with their lab mates, we can watch them. We can see that they don't get any harm. But if they are injured or or hurt at home. And we are responsible, maybe, because we could not get them get them so much support. So we said we should be careful with that and give them only tasks which are not dangerous, so to say, without mm -hmm. any electro electricity and so on. No. Yes, yeah, somebody in the discussion said that wire scarer. So um, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's great. We have another question here, and I think Lucy's already answered it, but I'll just bring it up because I think it's important. So we had talked a little bit about, you know, what happens if a student notices that their ECG doesn't look normal. You guys as professors are not medical professionals. So kind of what is the procedure there? Have you ever experienced oh. that and what did you do? Oh, we had several ECGs uh, with some conductance troubles uh, at students from uh, rehabilitation sciences, for instance. It's very simple. Consult your physician or go to a cardiologist. We see something which is not a normal ECG. No comments on what it is. I'm not a specialist in analyzing ECGs. That's up to uh, a cardiologist. You just give them a hint of uh, going to their physician and have that's that's what we do and what i think it's also important not to calm them down because this is not what we what we yeah. can do right just say if you are concerned consult your doctor not to say me you are so young this is nothing you should not do that right if they yeah. are concerned from their own experience and what they see you should say okay if you are concerned go to the doctor exactly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a side lesson of healthcare advocating <laughs> exactly that's awesome 
Okay. We had a question come in quite early from Norbert. So this question is, do you find that your online learners have enough time to replay course assets like recorded lectures and whatnot, knowing that they have other things going on, sometimes jobs, other courses, stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it depends, I have to say. So there were some students which are super overwhelmed. They could not really handle it or they said they don't have time to watch all the videos. And there were other students who were saying before the test or so, they even watched it 10 times. It depends a bit in how they schedule their own uh, tasks. And maybe it was during pandemic a bit much, I have I don't know how it is, how the workload is if you put all the sh subjects then together. But I think in our case, we tried to keep the hours quite similar to what they would do in, in the classroom, right? So the lectures had the same length, even the practical courses, we tried to establish in a way that they can do this in, in four hours as they would do it in, in our classroom so that we think it should not pile up just because we give them too much material. Yeah, definitely. We've got another question here. Are you doing animal experiments to kind of add to the, to the data for your labs? We don't do that. We did that 20 or 25 years ago, but we did not, uh, we don't do it anymore. It depends what you, what you mean. So animal, animal experiments means the animal is still living, right? This is what we don't do at all. Another option is to use organs which come from a dead animal. This sometimes we did uh, because the animals were used uh, for other reasons, for research, for instance. And there were some organs, so to say, left over, like nerves or muscles or the heart. And instead of throwing them away, we used it for the experiments. This is something which we did, but not with the real living animals. Yeah, we also uh, stopped using animals like frogs. It's nowadays, it's very difficult to get frogs for this. The added value of uh, doing a dissection once, like for students on biomedical sciences, Veterinary sciences, that's still something else. Uh, but yeah, a frog is not that very interesting, let's say, uh, for a dissection for uh, somebody who's becoming a, a veterinarian. So we don't use animals anymore. The only thing, a little bit like uh, Jana said, aortic rings from animals we used in, in research that could be used uh, for the to do the vascular physiology, that's uh, that's still possible. And uh, yeah, depending on which software or lab software uh, programs you're, you're using, there is also the possibility of using, let's say, lower level uh, animals, uh, like uh, there is a cockroach or uh, an earthworm, where you could perform nerve conducting uh, experiments. But nowadays, if they can do it on their own body, I think they will be more interested than using an earthworm to, uh, to perform <laughs> that type of experiments. Yeah, definitely. Someone else has asked, do you face the drop-off of students due to them finding it difficult to work from home, like alone, basically from a distance? Do you find that it's harder for them to stay engaged, basically? I think not really. So it depends a bit on in which age they were when Corona started. So what we feel is that the students which worked online in 2020, 21, and maybe now 20, 
22, not anymore, but who had these first, the first semesters online, they seem to suffer a bit because they never had classroom teaching. The students which were older, which were in the class before and then went online, they could cope a bit better because they knew already how is it to work in the classroom. But the students who came from school directly to online teaching, we have the feeling they suffer now, now that they have to come back to the classroom, now being in the third or fourth semester, they suffer because they, they never had it. They had already two years of being at home and now coming back. This switch seems to be more complicated than going from classroom to digital. They have to learn the experience in how is it if the professor stands in front of me and uh, how is it to communicate. So this seems to be a bit of a problem. So we have to see how this will now develop in the next weeks and months. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I never thought about it. But yeah, yep, yep, going yep. back... Going back to in-person classes yep. where there is no recording or, you know, exactly. you have to pay attention the whole time. I feel like that would actually maybe be a little bit yeah. difficult if you spent two years being able to be like, oh, I didn't hear that, you know, rewind. Yeah, um, or being not watched at all, right? So they were at home and, okay, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not in the mood. I will do it in one hour or I do it tomorrow or so. And now being watched by the supervisor all the time. This is maybe also a bit intimidate, intimidating if if you were not used to, and now it yeah. is. They are not the, the the students who come back because they had it before. They really enjoy it because they say finally we are back. But the students who never had it, for them it all this is very new, and uh, so they they struggle a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Never thought about it, but yeah, that completely makes sense. Fantastic. Okay. You mentioned the ECG data collection type experiment. Have you ever done anything with a heart rate variability template for that type of experiment? Someone was just curious. We are doing a heart rate variability experiment by doing exercise physiology. So by okay. doing uh, an exercise, you will have a variability uh, of the heart rate. You can go until exhaustion, but you can do uh, an exercise physiology Resting 50 watts for five minutes and then 150 watts for five minutes and then back again rest and then you will see some heart rate variability uh, as well. You will see increase of uh, the amount of air ventilation parameters change. If that's an answer to that question, I have one additional remark to make. I've saw in the beginning in the chat, a lot of people uh, who were a little bit um, afraid is not the correct word, but uh, no time to implement technology in the practicals uh, or difficult to, to for the setups and so on. I would advise have somebody responsible for the practical labs who can support you in your practicals from a technological point of view so that uh, and that can be done for several several faculties uh, it's a little bit small part of of my job is, is supporting other people and that makes the step for new technology a lot less uh, difficult and a lot easier if you have some help in your practical labs to start up and i can assure you there are a lot of faculties there is a faculty or a lot of departments, better to say, that after uh, one or two year support are working completely independently and have hands on on the software and can do whatever they want with uh, the technology and, and the software. To get started, it's uh, it's good to have somebody with some knowledge, knowledge about the systems who can support you.
hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.